My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Today on Shack House, we're joined by Mike Tirico of NBC Sports from Royal Troon and the Open Championship. But first, Shack House is brought to you by Callaway Golf, makers of the Chrome Soft Golf Ball. Callaway staffer Alex Noren used the Chrome Soft to win the Scottish Open yesterday in tough conditions at Castle Stewart. The Chrome Soft brings fast ball speed and incredibly soft feel, two characteristics that did not go hand-in-hand until Callaway developed the Chrome Soft's new dual-core technology. Be sure to get out and test a Callaway Chrome Soft golf ball today and visit CallawayGolf.com to find out more about them. Now, let's go to the Shack House. House, greetings from Scotland. Jeff, are you staying dry? I've been watching no. the Scottish Open. It looks wet. <laughs> no, no, we we uh, we kind of gave up yesterday. We played uh, the front nine at Turnberry, and, and once everybody's glove was completely drenched and everything else was uh, had water, the bags were weighing too much. We we called it around. It was pretty uh, your basic pathetic American experience, but it was absolutely uh, uh, drenched uh, drenched all of us. But today I can report from beautiful Royal Troon. I am coming to you from the media center and apologize for any background noise, but we have a rather, uh, as you would expect for the British Open, a kind of a, a, a clankety roof that makes a lot of noise. It sounds like we're on a ship that's lost at sea in a bad storm. Um, but we have had uh, very little rain today. And it's uh, absolutely uh, been a perfect Lynx day uh, for the first trip we're recording this during the uh, first practice round here at uh, the Open Championship. So, so Jeff, you've been uh, over there in Scotland for, is it a full week now? Uh, just about, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did your luggage ever make it? It did make it. It made it after the third day. Uh, I highly recommend, uh, this is not an advertisement for any company in particular, but um, I shipped my clubs. I uh, attempted to get my luggage to Heathrow Airport, and I will never, ever do that again. Uh, and it's not even that they lose it, House. It's the attitude and the, the the lazy attitude that they will get it to you at some point. They they had it for, for 48 hours before they, they delivered my bag. Uh, they're not like oh. the American Airlines. Yeah, yeah. So, But I did have the clubs. Which last year uh, I did not ship the clubs, and they didn't make it, and so I didn't get to play a, a beautiful evening round at Musselboro. But this year, got to bring the clubs out, and I played Cruden Bay right off the bat, one of the greatest places on the planet. And uh, so, I I did smell uh, pretty badly by day three wearing the same clothes, but other than that, it was uh, sensational to have the clubs and play some great golf. So yeah, it's you, phenomenal you got- over here. You got it right uh, this time. Exactly. That you made sure that the clubs arrived. <laughs> Who cares about the clothes or the toiletries? So give um, me, because we haven't talked. I've just been watching you on Twitter. Give me a quick rundown of um, where you played and where, where those um, sites are in relation to, to Troon. 
Yeah, I went to the Highlands area, so I flew to uh, to, to Heathrow and then up to uh, Aberdeen and kind of worked my way up the coast there, which is a uh, you know basically Scotland, and we'll do some more. Uh, talk about travel uh, on the show here at some point but but it's kind of really now there are about three really great regions and i now believe the highlands is one of them you know royal dornick is up there and that used to be a place where people would make these long journeys just to get there and uh to to now be able to get there in shorter time because they built some bridges and stuff to one of the greatest courses on the planet is a must so i went up to uh cruden bay which is about not far north of aberdeen and uh, then checked out some other lesser-known. I'm into the lesser-known places house. So, like, uh, checked out this course called Lossy Mouth Moray Golf Club. Uh, it's just an unbelievable place and uh, uh, kind of crazy. They apologize for the Royal Air Force jets that, that, that land there, but uh, it's part of the fun of the place. And just a great links, old Tom Morris design, all that good stuff. And then I uh, checked out a couple of others. And then went up to Royal Dornick, and also, uh, which is all near where the Scottish Open was being played at Castle Stewart. And then looked at uh, Brora, stopped in at the uh, Glen Morangi Distillery, you know, stuff like that. I was just kind of checking out a lot of stuff to be able to say what people should kind of do and not do on a trip up there. And it's so beautiful, and it's scenic, and the the golf is just uh, pure, and the links are all different. So. It's been a blast, so, and uh, I'm going to have more coverage on my site as well. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I'm excited to hear uh, more and see more. Did you get to see any of the Scottish Open? Did Castle Stewart come off pretty well on TV? It looked great. The only thing, and this isn't a criticism, I had a hard time because of the weather conditions distinguishing between holes um, because we tended to get the same kind of shot, and it can't, can't, you know each of the greens... Um, tended to look the same um, in terms of, of the way it was set up on television. But, it, mm. you know, it's, it was transportive. It were, it's a very nice table setter for the Open Championship, right? I mean, it, you, you see people in long clothes. You see bad weather. You see the fescue. The colors are all different from what our eyes have grown accustomed to in watching, you know, the, the U.S. Uh, season Unfold. So uh, it w- it was it was wonderful in its in its own right, and it's so it remains a wonderful uh, table setter, and it's also um, fun to watch uh, U.S. players try and navigate um, o- over there. I always get a kick out of watching uh, guys l- like Mickelson, like um, Patrick Reed, you know, um, try try and do their thing around there. Danny Lee's plays mostly in the U.S. Um, he was quite successful. Um, moving it around and I, it's fun to watch um, conditions like that where the um, fairways are so hard the ball runs so far and um, guys have the strategic decision to make around whether or not to try and drive um, all those par fours which is very fun to watch so it was it, it came off pretty well I would say okay good that's interesting because when you're there in person uh, the holes each have a very unique character to them. You, you, it's uh, I think kind of the fun of the course is that you can remember every hole very easily, and uh, it's just an incredible setting. But but it has kind of a lower tier and an upper tier, and so it's interesting that that I, I can kind of see that though now thinking about it watching the uh, the telecast, and that's that's also you know it's a, it's a lower end telecast than what you'll get this week in terms of. Uh, uh, flyovers and graphics of holes and all that, although they do a pretty nice job. But uh, obviously NBC will be all in this week. This is their first Open Championship, and Sky is also doing their first Open, so there's gonna, they're going to have pro tracers. I was just out on the course. They've got all sorts of wild pro tracer things set up behind each tee that, that can move with where the player tees off, so they're really all in on uh, kind of a joint broadcast and uh they'll have the plane flying over the whole thing it should be pretty sweet um before we later on in the show we're going to talk about our our picks and some odds um but just before we leave world true and we we need we need to get to this uh wacky u.s women's open um i just want to say a few words just to kind of set the table on the golf course uh house so maybe that while uh we Let's share with uh, everybody our special guest today, Mike Tarico. You can ponder some of the elements that might uh, influence your thinking uh, in making a few picks. The golf course is very green. It's uh, I'm not going to call it soft, but it is not firm and fast, and uh, it's playing pretty long. 
but uh, the, the fairways are so good and tight. There's there's plenty of roll. But what's interesting is you could see a setup, and this probably won't help you one bit, but where a guy could really just overpower it with driver. But you also have the option on every hole to kind of play back. Uh, and then you have an option to sort of uh, thread the needle and get between some bunkers. So it's going to be a real driving test. I don't, from what I saw, I walked all 18 holes. The, the, it's really not an iron play second shot course as much as a, as it is a sort of tee shot placement one. So of course you know who that means. Jason Day is the person who comes to mind immediately. Like uh, he has all the options in the bag and can do it all. But so can Dustin Johnson. So hardly a revelation there. But that's just. My first scouting report, uh, the rough is tough, but it's not crazy. Um, the greens are, are uh, quick enough, but they're not lightning. Uh, the forecast is awful for a lot of rain. So I'm looking at the mutters, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's still going to be very links-like in a lot of ways, but it's definitely not going to be a hot, fast links here at Royal Troon. That's excellent. I'm, I, I can't wait. One thing, uh, you mentioned some of the highlights uh, in terms of the broadcast. I absolutely love what I've seen in the way of the, the schedule setup. It, it basically starts at 1.30 in the morning here yeah. on the East Coast in the United States, um, thir- uh, Thursday morning, and basically runs until there's a champion uh, announced uh, Sunday afternoon. It, it looks like there's very little downtime um, through the, the combination of NBC and, and the Golf Channel. And I'm psyched for that. That's, that's what I want out of um, the broadcast of my, my major championships. I'm interested in seeing you know, lesser-known players out on the golf course, especially um, for, the, for the Open Championship, because the weather's going to change all day long, and different groups and different guys are going to have different experiences throughout the day. I want to see as much of that as possible. So kudos to NBC and, and Golf Channel and Sky going all in on this sucker. I'm up for it. I'm ready. Yeah. Well, you're going to be getting up early. Uh, that uh, I think a good portion of what you'll see early on is the world feed, which is just a kind of a combination platter of everybody's cameras and stuff. And, and then Golf Channel will have uh, Brant Packer produce that, who's, who's done the British Open, excuse me, the Open Championship. Let's be, uh, although I'm now told the branding is just the Open. We're not even supposed to say championship. Whatever the British Open, um, it's he the is, British Open. He he has done multiple British Opens, and he he will uh, he will do a great job on that World Feed and and some of the other coverage. So it should be uh, it should be pretty stellar coverage. You know, first year we'll see. There's this is a, a big deal for all of them, but uh, there may be some some uh, glitchy moments. But I I doubt it. They're bringing out all the all the big names, all the big guns, and uh, it should be pretty fun viewing. Uh, but now, House, uh, so West Coast U.S. Women's Open ended here. And so I uh, was enjoying the bar at the Turnberry Hotel last night watching oh, the yes. football. Yeah, nice place, by the way. Uh, the, the Donald has, uh, has gone all out on Turnberry. It is uh, uh, absolutely beautiful. Totally over the top in terms of uh, luxury and all the, the ridiculous uh, things that they offer. But in a, in, it's classy, though. I, I hate to uh, kind of burst the bubble of, of uh, Donald haters, but it's, 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 there's not too much gold. You don't feel like a, a former, uh, you know, they picked up a lot of stuff from a former dictator's uh, estate sale. It's uh, a little gold here and there. But anyway, the bar is beautiful, and we're watching that. So I go back and I watch the end of the Women's Open, half uh, awake. What on earth was that all about? Another, like it was just a total deja vu of, of the U.S. Open at Oakmont with the rules situation and then the USGA having to notify players. Yeah, that's a pretty incredible run of bad luck for the USGA. <laughs> uh, although th- this time around, having had the experience at, at Oakmont, uh, I'm not prepared to really go over the top with criticizing the way that they handled it. The, the, the best criticism I can come up with is, you know, the, the uh, unfair advantage that Lang received by way of, mm. of the, um, the order of notification that the rules officials... That it was basically the timing and order in which they notified the players. They couldn't, I guess, simultaneously notify them both. Um, and so it had the effect of poor Anna Norquist um, hitting her third shot and then they made it their way over to Lang, and Lang <laughs> had a stick out and was ready to hit her third. And she's like, "Oh, I have a two-shot lead right now. Uh, let's let's put this one back in the bag. Let's 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 yeah. rethink this." 
and they, and they backed off. But it, it did seem as though the USGA rules crew made a concerted effort to get down to the players as quickly as possible and to notify them. I, I wish um, it was possible, and I haven't sat down and gone through the timeline to see when it is that Fox first broadcast um, the infraction and from that moment um, how quickly the rules officials made their way to the players. But I do wish um, they could have halted play and at least let Nordquist have a, the option to have gone for 18-2. and two. I don't know if it was physically possible um, because mm. of the timing with the, when the broadcast showed the replay, but that's, that's the best criticism I can come up with. What did you think? Yeah, okay, so let's set the stage here in case somebody wasn't paying attention, which is very possible. Uh, it was late at summertime. A lot of people aren't watching. So they, they have a three-hole aggregate playoff to determine the U.S. Women's Open. Uh, Brittany Lang, uh, a.k.a. Bethany Lang, according to the USGA president, who kept calling her that in the trophy ceremony, uh, they are on the first playoff hole. Anna Nordquist hits a fairway bunker shot, and Fox's camera catches the, the, the club just barely knocking loose like this little pearl-sized clump of sand. And so they start reviewing it. I think a Fox cameraman was the first one who noticed. Of course, you had to zoom in, the whole thing, the usual. And, and so then by, they get to the 18th, which is a reachable par 5, and I, I'm... I, I'm struggling with the criticism, like you are, of the USGA in this case, that I don't know. There's no manual that says when you intervene with somebody and tell them, uh, yes, we're. Uh, uh, this is when you interv- interrupt a group to let them know that in a playoff of the U.S. Open uh, that somebody is to be penalized at this point. It just is a surreal situation. And uh, they really, I don't know what the answer was, but it certainly was an amazing thing that that the eventual winner, uh, Brittany Lang, uh, was notified and then has his third shot over the water and gets to just play it safe to the middle of the green. And I, I mean, good for her for for thinking that way. And I don't even know if Anna Nordquist knows this before, after her tee shot that, like, she can pull the trigger and hit a great shot uh, going for a par five and two over the water. It's yeah, that's a tough, right. That's I, a tough who, who knows whether she, <laughs> she would have been able to do it or not. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was super impressed. She was classy and graceful in, in receiving the news in the first place, and then all of the after-the-fact um, uh, behavior she put on was was great. So you know, all all credit to her. And you know, we're so we're already through the looking glass in terms of um, uh, you know using uh, HD replay to come up with rules infractions. Um, I, I wish there was a way to, to put that genie back in the bottle and come up with a more measured uh, approach because it, was, uh, it, it required you know, non-human intervention. It required a, a, a review of the situation that no human being was capable of reproducing um, to, to come up with the infraction. Um, but I think all things considered, the USGA did did its best. The only regrettable thing was was the timing of, of notification, and even that looked like a best effort kind of deal. So, well, so here's the big picture thing. I guess we have to figure out because again, people are looking at this house like, oh, look at golf, how ridiculous it is. And and I, I think we kicked this around before with the Dustin Johnson thing. But my my problem, and I, I'd be curious what you think. My my problem is that in every other sport. Replay is generally 95% of the time right and a positive and makes you feel better about the outcome. And in golf, 95% of the time, it just makes you feel crappy about the, the game and the rules and high def and the, and the, the silliness of all these decisions. And, and, and even though she did technically ground her club, you just don't feel good about that because if that happens on a Thursday, nobody sees it and no camera picks it up. And ultimately, I, I, I think this is where people are just really struggling, that, that, that this ability to go back and look at something is, is, uh, is, is not a positive for the sport. And that's, that's the challenge. I, and I don't have a, an easy answer or, or an obvious solution um, for it. You're, you're absolutely right that uh, the difference between Thursday and Sunday ends up being uh, so such a, 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 a dramatic um, you know, uh, uh, difference for, for Anna. 
but I, I, I don't have any way. I think, you know, in, in many instances, uh, replay has been helpful for golf in, in terms of helping locate balls, in terms of helping locate um, point of entry for where a ball went, went into a hazard. Um, Tiger's drop, I think, was, was overall enhanced. The, the drop he made at Augusta was helped, um, you know, in terms of the... the not, not, not in terms of the the outcome, but in terms of you know identifying that something uh, out of the ordinary had happened. Um, so I don't know how how golf gets it right, but I'm with you in terms of um, you know it mostly leaving a weird taste in our mouths uh, after these things happen. I don't have an, an easy answer for it. Hey, how? Speaking of tastes in our mouths, have you ever had any Avion tequila? Oh my God. I, that was not an obvious setup, but I'm so happy that no, we're here now. No, yes, I have. Gonna, yes, I we're have. We're going to ride this segue. We're going to work this segue. Uh, you know, you might have seen Avion on Entourage. I think a few people have. But uh, there is a real story behind the brand. It wasn't created by celebrities or billionaires. It's a collaboration between a tequila-loving entrepreneur and a family who, for generations, have been growing agave in their small town, uh, Jesus Maria, in the highlands of Jalisco. Avion is made by real people with a true passion for their craft. They pride themselves on the art of creating beautifully inefficient tequila. Sip on Avion, neat, or on the rocks. Have you ever done that? I think you have. I like it neat, and I like it on the rocks. You like it neat? I like tequila every which way it comes. I like it in a delicious top shelf margarita. That's my favorite. The silver, the 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 the, the, the classic. The you can't go wrong with the silver. So share Avion with those who appreciate what they eat and drink. I promise it will become theirs in your favorite ultra premium tequila. Please drink Avion responsibly. Before we uh, have uh, share with everybody our chat with uh, Mike Tarico uh, of it now of NBC. It's weird to say that after knowing him for so many years with ESPN. Uh, just a word from. Our friends at Callaway, who are the sponsor of this show uh, this week. And as always, uh, listen up, golf equipment junkies. They have a rewards program now. And uh, just like you do with so many other rewards programs, it's an awesome one. It allows you to attend a Callaway demo day, purchase newer custom clubs, trade in an old one, and so on and so on. You can collect those precious Callaway rewards points just like you do hotel and airline miles. So just go to CallawayGolf.com for uh all the information on the rewards points uh, and make that callawaygolf.com slash rewards to sign up. Start collecting those points. You can get all sorts of cool stuff out of it. It's uh, worth your time and not a lot of effort. All right, let's talk to Mike Tarico, one of the venerable voices in all of television. He is beginning this week his new gig with NBC as a part of the Open Championship broadcast. Here's Mike. All right, Mike Tarico, thank you for joining us. We are here at the Open Championship at Royal Troon. You are a regular, though, at the Open Championship, but you are now doing your first Open for NBC. Yeah. Please, thank you for joining us, and tell us how on earth all this came about and uh, why you're here. Well, first off, it's great to be with you. Uh, I'm missing house here. It's a little disappointing. <laughs> I'll get half of the shack house. But what what is my biggest concern about doing this, why I hesitated about saying yes to doing this is, this is 20 less minutes or 15 less minutes of the podcast that I have to listen to. <laughs> because I am a regular listener to the podcast. I will immediately skip over this dribble. Good. So okay. That's fine. I'll, I'll stick I'll stick with you for the Callaway ad. Okay. But I will be gone for this 15 okay. minutes. So well, just, so just don't skip. Don't give up on the show because we're, we're going to have some, some prices that we... Uh, oh, no. I'll, yeah. I'll give the full show. Okay. I'll okay. give the full show. I'm sure they're going to be wagering tips. Oh, yes. That's what we get only, to. Only because we're here that. illegal. We, yeah. Oh, of course. Right. Yes. Exactly. We are yeah, illegal yeah. here. Yeah, 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 so. Yeah. so we save that for after you. <laughs> you know, you're the build-up to that. Uh, it's, it's great to be here. It's great to be uh, with NBC and Golf Channel and this group together uh, being a part of this. It's, it's cool for me because this is where my open... Life and career started at Troon, 97, when Justin Leonard Mm. won. So this is uh, my 20th in a row. Wow. Uh, Last year was uh, sad, I think, for all of us because we knew we were a lame duck for uh, two years with ESPN and didn't really know what was going to happen for this year. We were completely unsure, but we treated it like it was the last one. And uh, it uh, it was exciting. It was memorable. But it was also emotional. So, uh... It was hard to leave and hard to leave the Open last year, but to come back through the gates again today was 
it's a great place for me to start uh, my time with NBC in general. And uh, I've worked with this golf group uh, over the years when ESPN had the cable days of the U.S. Open All and right. NBC had uh, the Saturday, Sundays. So we were part of Thursday, Friday. So working with uh, production team and announcers, there's a lot of familiarity. So it's a, after working one place for 25 years, there could not be a better place to walk in your first day yeah. and you know some of the people. Yeah. And so was the Open a big part of, of why you came to NBC? Absolutely. Uh, th- there's no doubt. This is... This event was described. I got to work with Jim McKay on this event, right, uh, for a yeah, few years, yeah. and he descri- and he had that long run at ABC with Dave Marr, and um, he missed some for Olympic years and things like that. But one of the years I worked with Jim, he used a phrase in the tease that this is golf's oldest and greatest championship, and I found a way to revive that every year at some point somewhere yeah. in the show. Yeah. Uh, you can you can argue on the greatest part. Yeah, uh, yeah, Masters is a tournament, not a championship, so you can get by that. Uh, but it is the oldest. It is special. It is where the roots of the game are, and it uh, it has come to mean a lot to me. And not being a part of this scene for this week would have been really odd. So the yeah. chance to know that at least for this stretch of my career, I can be back involved with this was huge for me. And he, uh, when you watch some of those replays. He started a broadcast like nobody. I mean, he get you get goosebumps the way he, and and so that has to be something you watch and you study, I assume, because you're going to be hosting yeah. like he was a host essentially. Sure, and, and setting that tone. That's it's just. Uh, how do you go about preparing to do that? Well, uh, having done it for so many years, you know that, and then you want to fit in with how NBC does their golf, which has been exceptional. It's been a high standard set and. Uh, working with with Dan and John, Dan Hicks and Johnny Miller, uh, the longest running tandem in the 18th Tower that we've had yeah. in golf television, uh, going back historically, it's it's cool for me to be a part of that. So how we do it will be easy. McKay was cool because I think those of us of a certain age grew up on Wide World of Sports, yeah, yeah. and the thrill of victory and the agony of yeah. defeat, uh, <laughs> the human drama of athletic competition. You can still repeat the phrases. Jim had a great every man's quality to him uh, a curiosity mm. but a terrific staccato delivery oh. of how he how he described things uh, it was just unique and special and it's one of those things that you can't imitate but you just mm. take the best of yeah. the people you admired and try to put that in your style and just try to continue to do that does this job of hosting does it entail uh, a lot of writing for you do you write Pieces as, as kind of not, essay, no? I, not 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 in the okay. the Jack Whitaker right, right, right. era and, and, and things like that. I think I think TV has evolved to a different place now. Where once you're in the live window for the broadcast, it's golf conversations with people, whether it's players or our reporters or getting features going or, or things like that. So uh, I, I imagine there'll be some small stuff here and there, but but not in that old traditional. I don't think I'm. At that point, yet where I'm going to sit and do the <laughs> do the long essay about, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, it, wherever wherever the moments are needed to flush out or fill out what what needs to be done, we can adapt to all of that and uh, to, just to be a small part of a, a really good group that does golf yeah. a lot. I'm just going to try to fit in here for this event and then the couple that I'm involved with them for the. Uh being in the booth and being in the truck during a rules situation has to be an interesting matter, yeah. and it keeps coming up. You were working for ESPN uh, when Tiger had his situation at the 2013 mm-hmm. Masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that like for television to be trying to report on something and then also sort of be part of the story because you're yeah. essentially the one catching the... The person is that is it as difficult as a situation as it looks? It's odd because it's so unique in sport. Uh, you know that now the the Masters in full full disclosure the Masters that's CBS's production, and really all we do is kind of sit in Butler cabin and yeah. work around what, what their hour to hour is or moment to moment of coverage, uh, and that blew up to a much bigger thing. Certainly Saturday morning, yeah. did. Um, so you were mercifully. <laughs> I, I, I was waiting to come back and do. Actually, I think I was down the road heading for an NBA game. Perfect. Be told. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's odd and it's uncomfortable because when the officials miss something with the rules in every other sport, you talk about it on the air. But here, you're almost it's almost incumbent upon you to say it because if you don't, uh, Billy in Bismarck or Mary 
in Monterey is going to be phoning the switch, the switchboard yeah, or yeah. lighting up Twitter. And it almost has removed that step. Like, well, we better say it because if we don't, somebody else has to. And I don't think that's comfortable. I, don't think, I think if there's a journalistic route somewhere still in broadcast television, you're there to document the event. You're not there to become a part of the event. Right. And this forces you to do that. And Fox has had to do that the last two weeks with, with the U.S. or the last two U.S. Opens yeah. over the past couple of weeks. And it's it's odd, but you're right in the middle of it, so you have to do it. And I, I believe the USGA on their, on their um, statement that they handled the U.S. Women's Open situation in the playoff as quickly as they could. The problem was it wasn't quick enough. Yeah. So in this society where quick enough is no longer quick enough, you wish you can go back with an eraser and stop and say, wait a minute, Anna, before you hit this, let's go back and let everybody know what the what the deal is. So this is an established role. I think now, as television broadcasters and then the people in the truck, you have to plan for and prepare for what's going to be that step hmm. if that happens on our watch and move right. forward. Uh, well, it's it has to be something for you covering every sport and having seen how replay has, I think, in a positive way, impacted most sports. Mostly. Golf, golf, mostly. Every mostly. once in a while there's a call, right, that's a little bit... So, so golf is the one where it just seems to always be such a downer. It's yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, that's because the official, it's not incumbent upon the official there to throw a flag yeah. or blow a whistle. Yeah. Uh, they're there to help you uh, with the honor of the game, the call fractions on yourself. I... I think it's almost time that a rules official should be sitting in front of a high-definition TV monitor and watching this as it happens and then be in radio contact with the people and assign somebody to be the TV uh, babysitter, if you will, for for the week Uh, with the ability, like the NBA now has, to go back, check it on their own. Uh, have their own ability to stop, rewind, blow it up, see right. what happened. It sounds a, it's a far, far cry from here we are in, in Lynx Golf Land. It's yeah. a far cry from what anybody <laughs> thought this game would turn out to be. But if it's happening at this high level, maybe we mm. need to get ahead of it as opposed to be reactive to it. It's, it's, it's a little odd to go there, but yeah. like you guys have been talking about on, on this podcast the last few weeks. This is conversation with golf groups. 19th holes, practice range. Yeah. Did you see that? What do you think? What would you do? Have you ever done that? You know, Hey, if that ever happens to me, don't wait for a hole and a half to tell me. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's reality. Yeah. And, and it's disappointing to see. Now, I thought the point Mike Davis, uh, maybe Mike Davis didn't make it, but someone made it, that if the Dustin Johnson thing would have happened in almost any other group in any other round, hmm. it would not have been as much of a flashpoint as it was because it was the leader with just a few holes left and really impacted the strategy of shot to shot. Yeah. Uh, so they found themselves in two extremely unique situations and they had to be thinking there's no way this will happen again and it does. Yeah. So within weeks, yeah. yeah. Um, how do you follow golf? You, you obviously follow every sport, and you you have a, a great recall, like a lot of the great broadcasters do. But how do you keep up with so many sports, and then and in particular golf? Well, I'm not saying this because I now work here, but Golf Channel is a big <laughs> help for me yeah. uh, during the week or weekends or replays of rounds. Sometimes, uh, and I know I've talked to Jim Nance about this a few times, and Dan Hicks, I'm sure, is in the same situation uh, where you're calling an event in a different sport. Yeah, on the weekend when a final round's being played, so you may not see that final round, mm-hmm. but you go for a, a recap. Fortunately, the digital world of being able to whether record an event or go back and watch an event that that's helped a lot in bridging that gap. So I try to make sure that I see stuff during the week, the Thursday Friday run up. Obviously, anytime you're available on the weekend, and make sure I go back and see the last couple of hours of mm-hmm. a Sunday show. You can flash through it in about an hour on your yeah. own. So yeah. I try, try to make sure I do that no matter what season I'm in so I can stay up and see how guys won or uh, the key shots that they hit, uh, especially when we were doing in the ESPN world just the Masters and the Open Championship that you knew, okay, he hit this shot four months ago. He was in this situation. Then try to make a note, recall that, and get back to that. Hmm. Okay. Um you will now be doing daytime Olympic hosting, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yes. So what is that going to entail? Uh, that will entail 
moving from moving the audience from one venue to the other venue, one sport to the other. It's live in a time zone that's one hour ahead of East Coast time. So okay. it's probably more fluid than, say, maybe some other Olympics that might be uh, a half or three quarters of the way around the globe. So I'm looking forward to that. It's back in Copacabana Beach. The, our set for okay. the daytime will be there, which is not too far from where I was for the World Cup uh, a couple of years ago. So I know, okay. I know the street. I know the, that, whole, <laughs> that whole layout. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so I think I'll know more about the specifics of what that job's going to entail. As I get there, it's it's kind of fun after 25 years for yeah. me to try to figure out. Okay, I don't really know exactly what's coming up next. Yeah, uh, in terms of what the job's going to require, and that's one of the big reasons for me starting a new chapter was kind of cool. It, it just sort of reinvigorates things for oh you, and gosh. just kind of new challenges and Absol- yeah. absolutely, you know, yeah. to come back to this event, but then Olympics and the other stuff that you know is on the NBC platter for me going forward. It'll be the, the Olympics as a kid. You were talking about uh, Jim McKay yeah, before. Yeah. Those are my memories when I first fell in love with yeah. this industry of watching the, that whole ABC crew do the Olympic Games yeah. and then watching Bob Costas and this NBC group do it for the last 20-plus years. And that would be a part of that. Uh, that. That was all part of what made this so enticing, an opportunity for me. What do you think has been the uh, perception? I mean, you're around a lot of other people in sports and athletes of these golfers yeah. uh, backing out uh, of the uh, the golf. Well, what do you think the, the, the bigger sports world thinks of golf uh, after seeing all this? I think it, it allows you to play the natural card of, well, does golf belong in the Olympics? Well, what, what, I'm kind of backing up to a little bit different thing. This was before I got here. What, what does golf do for the Olympics? What does the Olympics do for golf? And, and where are we on, on both of those scales? I think, personally, golf can use the Olympics more than the Olympics need golf. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Olympic movement is going to be drastically altered one way or the other, especially U.S. television audience by golf. I think it will be impacted by people who will want to see these guys compete and the ladies compete in a very different uh, event for them. And I'm looking at it from, here's the biggest sporting event in the world. Golf participation is down. All of us who play know that you know, if you're lucky enough to be a member of a club, club membership has been challenged in a lot of places. Uh, the number of rounds people play, people say, hey, let's have a, no- a national nine-hole day. Yeah. It, it's hard. Our, our lives are not nine to five with an easy swath cut out week to week to play golf. Yeah. It's just changed. We need to support and grow the game. And if seeing this on the Olympic level might inspire young kids to come to the game, yeah, because they're watching swimming or track and field, or that's on the TV like the Olympics are every night. Then I think it could it could really be a boost to golf. So I wish more of the players on the men's side took that into consideration. But I know the realities. Look, they, they live great lives. They live as comfortable a life as any athlete. And it's not disrespecting the amount of work they do, but yeah. the prize money they play. And very few people can make the great living out of this. Right. But prize money they play for, the opportunity, how they travel, uh, especially U.S.-based players, most of it is not too far away. The schedule's yeah. built for you. guys talked about this a couple of weeks ago. So it's right there for them. I think the fact that you have so many women playing, the top women in the world playing, yeah. some making choices of the Olympics over another event, it shows you the winner for the ladies, it might be the biggest event they could ever win. Yeah. And most of the men's golfers would trade a Masters, a U.S. Open, their name on the Claret Jug, because that history is 70, 80, 145 years mm-hmm. old. So I, I, I wish it was different. I hope that the competition becomes good and we get a good winner, because I think that person is going to be known as, the gold medal, as a gold medal winner. And I think Absolutely. that's going to be of great value to them in their lives and their careers. Yeah. So yeah. Stenson, Stenson was on with you guys. Yeah, right? right. Yeah, he's all in. Can't it was awesome. This is this is a dream for him to Opens. be an opening ceremony. The whole thing. Yeah, go go to yeah. events. I, I yeah. thought that was cool. And so I was thinking, okay, so if you're Hendrick Stenson and you play in the Ryder Cup, you don't play for your country. You play for your continent. Yeah. You play for Europe. Yeah. So other than a World Cup here <laughs> or there, yeah, you don't get a chance to play for your country, and you never get to do it on a massive stage like. The Olympics. Yeah. Now, maybe the American players feel like that we do this for the Ryder Cup, and that is for USA, and plus everything being handed to you right there, it's a little bit easier. But 
I totally respect people who say, you know what, we want to start a family, we're concerned about Zika, uh, the other concerns of getting around, that's, that's an individual choice, and we have no right to say, we disagree with your choice, because we don't know hmm. their family circumstance. But the guys who are going are pretty good, you know, Matt, Matt Kuchar, Reed, Ricky, they're, they're going to be Go USA. You know, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll represent the USA in a, in a, in a really good fashion as, as well. So yeah. I, I, I think even, even though you look at the names like Spieth and Johnson who aren't going to be there, I think the guys who are there will be pretty good. Yeah, Bubba's all in. Bubba, and, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's very excited. He's and, been in from the start um, here, which is great. Yeah, it does seem to be that, that some of the older players seem a little bit more passionate. Yeah, um, that's right. But, and tennis got off to this, this kind of a shaky start, yeah. too. Um, I so. think eight of the top ten the first time around didn't go. The men's winners have started to change, and now yeah. I think Andy Murray might skip uh, Davis Cup this week right? because the schedule's getting packed so he can play the Olympics because yeah. he's the defending gold medalist. And Federer, it means a lot to him. I know that. And for the ladies, it always has with Serena and Venus. I mean, they play doubles at Wimbledon so they can be ready to play doubles <laughs> in Rio. Yeah. So yeah. that that says that says a ton. Maybe over now, we're my, my pal Scott Van Pelt, who I've done this event yeah. with a lot, we always, I love Scott's phrase, we're a microwave society. We expect yeah. the answer and the immediate long-term reaction in five minutes. Yeah. We just don't have it yet on this. So let's wait. couple uh, last few things. Sure. Um, you mentioned the Ryder Cup. Will you be there? Yes. Great. I'll be, I'll be there. That's, uh, that's part of the plan uh, for this, and I can't wait to get back. Uh, we were just talking, I was just talking out there with Nota Begay uh, about that. The experience at Valhalla, which was so cool because they had just come off of working with Faldo and Azinger as a team. Right. Still working with Paul. They were both captains. Uh, the tone they set in Louisville, <laughs> the atmosphere. That Friday from 7 in the morning till 7 or 8 at night, one of my favorite days covering any sport. And there's nothing like a Ryder Cup uh, energy and passion to be around that again yeah. I can't wait that had to be the longest day you in sports for for an announcer for, right for the announcers yeah I mean Dan and Johnny of- Dan and Johnny do Saturday that long day yeah. and then you know every shot matters so yeah. you're, you're you're invested but you're not seeing every match and, yeah. you know, you're trying to keep up with it and it's just you you never go to something that's not important or full of pressure yeah. and uh, it's fun it's fun to see a bunch of individuals play as a team in a, you know, in, in an individual sport, and that's what I love about the Ryder Cup because it does band band together guys who compete against each other all the time. Of course, Europe now is a, a continent divided, right? So, exactly. Uh, exactly. That's, that's going to add some fun. You keep the British guys over there. Well, yeah, Stan yeah. Stenson was hysterical on about Brexit. That. It yeah. was re- really, really good. Uh, so, couldn't wait to ask. But, him. but as as we know, not only will the European players come together, they'll yeah. also make more putts than they've ever made yeah. in their lives. I, lo- I love the spirit with which the European guys compete in yeah. the Ryder Cup, and I think our American guys have seen that. Yeah. And the friendships among the best American players now yeah. might, in fact, help. Uh, in that and the leadership and the guys who are involved and they'll they'll play for, now that they don't play for anybody yeah. but I think Davis will Davis will hit the right chord with those guys and I, I'm excited to see how that plays out tell us about your game <laughs> do, a, do you bring your clubs over not, here? never no never when we did never the, to the open? when we did the seniors and the women yeah. uh, the, the following two weeks and I only did the seniors a few times and one time I did all three uh, you'd bring them because then you'd be here with Monday, Tuesday, right, Wednesday right. off but these these days are usually you know first ball to last, or or pretty darn close to it yeah. uh, for four days, and Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, working backwards, you're either walking the course, seeing players, going through your TV meetings and those things. So there's really not a not a chance to have the airlines lose your lo- lose your clubs, <laughs> which is yeah. you know Augusta is a tradition unlike any other. That is yes the the tradition of golf here is lose your clubs. Yes. Uh, Many have done it. Have you? I shipped my clubs this time. Oh. They did not get my bag here in time, but the golf clubs were waiting for me at Truth <laughs> Bay. I stunk for two days, but okay. uh, I got to play my golf. Yes. You I, I ship. Uh, yeah, so. that's, that's that's smart. That's smart. Um, I'm I can I'm probably mid eighties. My index is fourteen. To get me to play to that is darn near impossible because it's infrequent. I'll play a stretch like six or seven uh, times in maybe 15 days, then I won't hit a ball for a month. Okay. Uh, like I, I played a little bit before, went to the European Soccer Championships in Paris. Right. Didn't hit a ball for a month. Got yeah. home and played twice. Won't play again for another 10 days. So my swing's bad. I can get around the greens okay. <laughs> I have fun doing it. And now I've gotten to the point in my life where I have a teenage boy who's hitting it 
about as far as I am. Really? really? So he's into it. Yeah, he, he's a soccer player, but yeah. he's starting to play golf, and nice. uh, he's just one of those good athletes. You know those good athletes who just irritate you? Just, yeah, they just pick up they just anything get up they want. They just crush yeah, the ball obnoxious. and yeah. say, hey, you want to read this, put this way? No, I'll just hit it to the hole. Yeah, yeah. And if it misses, I'll tap it in. So um, for any of us, as our kids get older and they, that's cool. they do play golf, we know that's one of the joys to be able to go out and play golf with your kids until they beat you. Yeah, and then it's you then say it's, it's a so, joy, but yeah, it feels like yeah, it's, it's a yeah, exactly yeah. crap. <laughs> uh, so you don't bring your clubs in. So do you have some bucket list courses though, uh, either here or just anywhere that you? I have to said for years I want to I want to take a vacation and come over here and play the east side of Scotland, then come over to play the west side on on another yeah. trip. Uh, we were talking before we started recording this about Ireland. I, yeah. I think that that's the trip that intrigues me. So many people love that trip, and I really want to take it. Um, I I love golf in Scotland. When I've had the chance to play, or more importantly, when we call tournaments over here, uh, the pubs, the towns, the fans, the people, yeah. uh, when when they see you in the airport with golf stuff, it doesn't have to be your golf clubs, it's almost like they welcome you because you, yeah. are, you are the tourism industry in yeah. this country. And uh, you can sit in a pub and have a long conversation about the sport with anyone yeah. at any time, and uh, it's it is the home of golf, and it's not a fake tag that was made up by some mm-hmm. better business bureau or, or <laughs> chamber of commerce yeah. to say let's sell it. Up. it. It is the home of golf, and you feel it almost anywhere around here. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful, and uh, and, and it it's great to be back here on the the West Coast, but yes. boy, you really feel it at, at St Andrews and and the East Lothian at Muirfield. You, walk down the street and go in with your clubs and not be ashamed. Not at all. No, at all. no, people actually admire you and it's pretty cool. And, and, so. and I always feel bad because I don't mean to insult the courses in England that are in the Rota. Yeah. They no. are unique, St. George's. You know, there, there are some really terrific courses with great history, yeah. Burkdale, and But I always tell people, if you're going to come to one open, come to one in Scotland. Yeah. Because it is... It is the game, and you yeah. do feel it. And if you, even if you do not get uh, melancholy or uh, emotional about connection to the game and the history of the past, when you come here, you you have to. Yeah. And you do. You know. I don't know. I don't think you see old Tom <laughs> coming out of a bunker or, or walking the beach, but yeah. you you can understand. You know what? They they were trying to do this like 160 years ago with really bad yeah. equipment yeah. and yeah. feathers coming out of balls. And these guys shot 80. Yeah. How they yeah. do that? Yeah, so and they seem to know they were onto something, which is absolutely really kind of cool. So. And then when you can see people walk their dogs at St Andrews on Sunday on yeah. a Sunday afternoon at eight o'clock while the sun's still up, then you go, okay, this is a it's a pretty unique and special place. Yeah. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time. We thank you for listening to the show. No, and, no and, problem. Uh, good luck with your new gig at NBC. Thank you very much. I appreciate all the discounts that I will now receive from all the commercials I've listened to on this <laughs> podcast. I look forward to that as I go forward. And uh, I, I just demand house next time. We, we, we will do it. It was a, a, an internet, UK internet related I, matter. I think he's just ducking me. That's okay. No, not at all. The full, the full team next time. No. So. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate right. it. Hey, before we go on, my friends, you have heard me discuss me undies many times before, and that's because they are performance undergarments. That's not in the script. That is in my pants. They're performance undergarments. I have them on right now. They are excellent in terms of comfort and mobility. Let me remind you of a few facts, my friends. Every pair of MeUndies made from sustainably sourced modal, a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. Nothing can describe the fit and feel, not even Joe House. But once you try them on, you will understand why they're called the world's most comfortable underwear. If you don't love your first pair, they're free, no questions asked. They have dozens of styles, limited edition prints to help you make a statement if that is your thing with your underwear. Shipping's free in the U.S. and Canada, and you can save up to $8 a pair with the MeUndies subscription plan. Get the subscription or a single pair, 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com backslash house, H-O-U-S-E. That's MeUndies.com backslash house for 20% off your first order. MeUndies.com backslash H-O-U-S-E. Friends, also a shout out to one of our sponsors. If you're a listener to the BS Podcast, you've heard a lot of great testimonials about FrameBridge, a DC-based company straight out of the DMV. FrameBridge 
is the easiest way to frame things that you love. From the treasure trove of photos on your phone to posters and artwork, Framebridge.com makes it easy and affordable. Just go to Framebridge.com, pick out the frame you want, or let their designers help you choose. I will tell you, my friends, I let them choose for me. I have a beautiful, old school, early 70s, Capital Bullets, the Capital Bullets, before they were the Washington Bullets, a beautiful pennant here in my office. I let the designers at Framebridge pick out the whole design for me. I'm staring at it right now. It's gorgeous. You can, uh, they will help you preview your item in any frame style. They'll send you a prepaid package to ship your item safely, or you can upload a picture on the Framebridge site or app. We can upload a picture directly from Instagram. The team at Framebridge will custom frame your item in days, not weeks or months, and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. I'm telling you, my bullet's pennant is hung here. My friends, right now, if you go to framebridge.com and use promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E, you'll save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code HOUSE, that is framebridge.com, promo code H-O-U-S-E. You will not be disappointed. All right. Well, we thank Mike Tirico again for taking some time uh, from his busy schedule here at the Open Championship to, to chat with us and get us just that much more excited. And uh, now it's the moment you've all been waiting for, House and I giving our betting tips on the Open, because this is a great tournament to bet, especially if you're over here like I am, you can legally wager. So we will incorporate that into our speed round today, which is brought to you by Callaway Golf Community. Uh, go to callawaygolf.com community, sign up for the Callaway Community to learn about new products and chat with your fellow equipment companies. That's callawaygolf.com community house. Uh, I'm a big Scottish Open fan in terms of my picks for the Open Championship. And, you know, the prices are starting. I'm starting to like what I'm seeing in the numbers. Uh, I know you've been doing you, – you teased on Bill's show. You've been doing a little scouting. So, so uh, lay it on me. Who do you like? Yeah, there are some good prices out there. Now, uh, we have to remind folks, we're recording this on a Monday. Uh, I think we'll go live uh, with the pod Monday night or Tuesday. So I will be on Twitter – with my final decisions and how I intend to good, allocate some capital on this, yeah, way to, way um, to, I, it, it's no. it's still early days on the on the research, but I do well, have and, some and, names. Okay, and there's a key point in that, by the way, which I don't know if this is your thinking, but but luck of the draw is huge here, and that's why I don't do any of I don't go over to Ladbrokes or Coral or William Hill or wherever I go uh, here when I'm when I'm in Britain uh, or Scotland until Wednesday because of that. Uh, you just have to look at the weather forecast, and even then, it's just you don't know what's going to happen. But I don't know. Was that part of your thinking? That's absolutely part of the okay. thinking. You have to know where guys are going to fall in the draw. It definitely had an impact on my Oakmont allocation of capital. Of course, mm. uh, I hit uh, the, the big one, uh, DJ, on that one. I had Dustin Johnson at 12-1. to 1. Didn't hit much more than that. I think I had one other top 20, and I lost my um, make-the-cut wager, which I like. That's a prop that right. I like quite a bit. I like to parlay five or six or seven guys together on that. I will be doing uh, at least one make-the-cut, probably two make-the-cut parlays. I'm going to be looking at a lot of top 10 and top 20 finishes. A lot of that will be derived from how the draw looks and how that weather forecast is shaping up in connection with the draw. Uh, and then okay. I just have some guys I like. Just have some All names right. that I like. Give me a name. So a uh, couple uh, observations to set the table here. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple South Africans. The reason we're going to talk about them, uh, South African has finished in the top 10 in eight of the last 10 no. British Open championships. So I like the prices of Louis Oostihoosi and my mm. main man, Charles Schwartzel. Uh, Oostie's mm. in there at 40 to 1. Charles in there at 50 to 1. I might put a small taste on each of them to win. Um, bigger taste on top 10 and top 20 finishes for the two of them. Um, I also uh, ran across this great um, uh, observation, is what I'll call it, a, a, a gambling observation. Uh, Pat Mayo and his pal Jeff Feinberg at rotoexperts.com. I'm not sure if they themselves um, wow. were able to come up with this <laughs> correlation. Deep. Deep but, dive. But you're right. Look, the last three winners at Troon, also previous champs of, are you ready oh for my. this? Oh, dear. The I'm Honda Classic. 
Oh, the geez. Honda Classic. Oh, good lord. <laughs> so we're looking at Calc. We're looking at Justin Leonard. We're looking at Todd Hamilton. All those dudes have well, yeah, W's at the Honda. So now let me let me run through a list of some names of guys with W's at the Honda. Patty yeah. Harrington, Ernie Els, yeah. ah. Matt Kuchar, this year's winner, Adam Scott, Rory McIlroy. Some interesting names. Some yeah. guys that might get a little allocation of my capital. So Adam okay. Scott, this year's Honda winner, sitting there at 20 to 1, he's going to get a look. He's going to yeah. get some little capital, capital allocated his way. Uh, I was out on this guy until my dad emailed me last week and brought me all the way around. So po props, <laughs> props to pops. Dick House now coming you're around. Dad into the equation. Wow. I was okay. out on Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy mm -hmm. hurt my feelings at Oakmont. I was so okay. ready, and and you heard me with earnestness and 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 uh, you know genuine belief. Ready to ride the Rory train at Oakmont, and he hurt my feelings by missing the cut. He also hurt my pocketbook because he was an, uh, an important part of my make the cut wager. Um, but I was reminded of, you know, the the familiarity, the the uh, performance, past performance of Rory across the pond, and how comfortable and how. Uh, um, important to Rory in particular, the crowds are. He really feeds off the crowds. So I'm I'm going to do a little something with with Rory in this uh, tournament, and Rory with that Honda Classic in his pocket. It seems like a no-brainer, almost a lock. I'm not going to call it a lock, but almost a lock. So those are some early thoughts on some names. What do you got cooking, Jeff? Well, you know that angle is interesting on the Honda because usually it's played in a lot of wind, and so it's not it's not the worst angle I've ever heard. I'll I'll say that. And uh, I, but I would look at the fact that no American has has uh, or no non-American has won here since a long time ago. No idea why that is. Have no clue, and uh, probably means absolutely nothing. But I uh, so I like to go off the Scottish Open play, and uh, so I'm 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 really liking the way Phil played. Uh, the last day. I followed him Saturday, and his, his putting was pretty horrific. He was just leaving everything so short, and uh, he just couldn't get the speed, and then he obviously figured it out on Sunday. Comes in here at like 40 to 45, depending on the uh, the place you want to uh, uh, make your contribution to the, the U.K. economy. Um, and I think that's a, a very interesting guy to look at. I, I'm, but I'm just more – I just have no interest in any of the, uh, the guys under – uh, 15 to 1 and, and uh, on down to, to 8 to 1 for Jason Day and Dustin Johnson. I'm looking at somebody like Andy Sullivan, who's 80 to 1, uh, who's played very well late. Jim Furyk's an interesting one at 80 to 1. Because remember, over here, I'm going to be betting each way house. So I'm looking for that top 6 or top 7 finish to, uh, to to get some money back. You get a quarter of your, uh, your, your earnings there that you would have gotten out of a a full win. Uh, Alex Noren, who just won the Scottish Open, is still 100 to 1 at a couple of places, 80 to 1 elsewhere. Ernie Els, runner up last time here, uh, 125 to 1. He almost won a couple of weeks ago on the PGA Tour. Um, yeah, I love now, Ernie for this one. He's on my list. Pot, now, now if, on the mutter angle that I mentioned, okay, we're, we're supposed to get a lot of rain. Course is soft, which, by the way, uh, I think is good for Rory on your Rory angle. He likes a softer golf course. He just does not like a firm and fast link. I uh, am very intrigued by Padre Harrington, 100-1. to Again, played very well at the Scottish. Loves to play in the rain and is walking around with a lot of confidence, looking like somebody who wants to make one last little run at one of these. And he's at 100, 125-1. to um, I love his, him for a for a top six or seven finish, possibly. Graham McDowell, I'm, eighty sixty six to one, somewhere in there. Also, a guy who loves to play. Not why well, I won't say he loves playing the rain. He feels he has an edge in the rain. I listened to him talk about that on Saturday at the Scottish, just saying, "Hey, you know, I, I've done this my whole life. Uh, not a big deal to me. I know how to deal with it." And a lot of these guys don't. You forget, you know, you forget playing in the rain over your house <laughs> it, when it's even though they have a caddy and all that. It's hard. It's really hard. The wind's blowing. It's cold, and it takes a certain person to to deal with all those elements. So. Well, I'm not oh, sure if you don't heard forget that. Danny Lee. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if you heard that clicking in the background. That was me with my pen clicking it and <laughs> pu putting some nice stars next to both Padraig and Graham. Talk about yeah. Danny Lee a little bit. I was intrigued by his play mm. this week. 
Yeah, what an impressive performance at the Scottish. Just shows up and uh, hung around. I don't even I don't even know really uh, if he had his. Uh, by the way, the planes take off over Real Troon. In case you can hear that, um, we have the trains and the planes. Um, he I he just hung around and played beautifully. I don't remember when he ended up finishing, but uh, top five, I believe. So. He is 125 to 1, a very good player, just is kind of bringing it every week, doesn't seem to mind the conditions. And again, somebody I think who could have a, a, a great uh, a top 10 and maybe even a, a top 5 again. And I have one other name just to throw out, just for fun, because uh, it's a sentimental pick in a way. Jim Herman, who won earlier this year at Houston, is 1,000 to 1 in his first Open Championship. And and I'm, I'm a little surprised people are down on but there's a piece of information about him that uh, not a lot of people know. He was on the uh, Scottish Golf Travel podcast a, a couple months ago, and he makes an annual trek to Scotland with friends, and he loves it here. He loves Lynx Golf, and he loves coming here. He's so excited to be in his first Open, and that could backfire and be a problem, but... I would also contend that could make him, uh, you know, you just never know. He could have a, a Todd Hamilton-like week and sneak in there. So he's going to get five pounds each way from me at 1,000 to 1. You know, why not? Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I'm going to allocate a tiny bit of capital to Jim Herman. I love the journeyman uh, vibe <laughs> that he rocks. And, I and, and you know, any guy with an annual trip to Scotland, that's, that's an easy decision one name we haven't mentioned yet uh and it seems like he's been getting some buzz his numbers feel like they're slightly lower uh than, than otherwise and that's my main man sergio garcia what is he i have mm. him at 20 to 1 pricing um here yeah. what's he showing up on your card yeah yeah that's i'm getting him around that number as well so yeah so um, one thing interesting mm. uh, if you're looking at a birdie or better percentage over the last 12 weeks because you know i like to get into some stats i've been known to go ahead and do a little deep dive on some metrics sergio garcia birdie or better over the last 12 weeks leads the entire world at nearly uh over 26 percent birdie or better over the last 12 weeks and there's some good names on this list you got rory on this list jason day on this list john rom who's been hot dj spieth schwartzel Holmes, so these are not. This is not a sucker read. This this uh, this particular metric. Uh, yeah. Sergio's going to get a little bit of my um, capital, I believe. Okay. Well, he's all yours. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you, you no no Sergio love from the shack. Nah, I don't know. I I, I understand. He he certainly is playing well. He won uh, a tour event recently, so he's got some confidence. He's got a new girlfriend, and he loves being here in Europe and all that good stuff. A lot of good vibes there, but I just. I don't know. I just uh, in majors, it just there's so many disappointments. But uh, I certainly think he's he's capable of a top top six seven finish. But at twenty to one, that doesn't do a lot of uh, good for me on the each way bets. But uh, certainly somebody if you got a pool or something an office pool, he's definitely I, I wouldn't rule him out for sure. But um, anyhow, I think that should I think we should have enough head spinning with those numbers. The prop bets so far still stink. Maybe we'll get on Twitter and um, kick those around with some people as we get closer. I, I just looked up at a bunch today, and they, they really didn't excite me. Uh, your your hole-in-one uh, bet is up there at a couple of the houses here, so they're uh, they're just slow to get those going again. Yeah, I don't know enough about Truon. I'm, I'm, I'm scared of touching the hole-in-one bet. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe you could talk All me right. into it on Twitter, but I, I agree. Let's get on Twitter and, and take a look at some props. That'll be fun. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Well, it's been a lot of fun, House. I've got to uh, I got to run here in Britain. It's a it's another beautiful evening to uh, go out and get wet and uh, freeze. Uh, and have, by the way, the food is a lot better over here. We'll discuss that on next week's show. But as always, putting I can't will wait. be at a premium at Troon this week. And when it comes to sinking more putts, Odyssey is the number one putter in golf. New this year from Odyssey is a full line of white-hot RX putters. These beauties combine the classic white-hot insert feel, beloved by tour players, with an insert feature that provides a better roll. Check these and other putters out at odysseygolf.com. That's Odyssey Golf, the number one putter in golf. Uh, And again, House, we want to thank you-know-who, our friends at Avion. Uh, just a reminder, Avion wasn't created by celebrities or billionaires. It's a collaboration between a tequila-loving entrepreneur and a family 
who for generations have been growing agave in their small town, Jesus Maria, in the highlands of Jalisco. We thank them again for sponsoring today's podcast. It's made by real people with true passion for their craft. They pride themselves on the art of creating beautifully inefficient tequila. Sip on Avion, neat or on the rocks, and please drink responsibly. And finally... Of course, today's podcast is brought to you by the new HBO series, Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons. That's every Wednesday at 10 p.m. on HBO. And, of course, The Ringer, presented by Miller Lite. Go now and check out the latest in pop culture, sports, and tech at The Ringer. And I can be found at jeffshackelford.com. And House, you can, I can be, be found, found on at housefromdc.com. From I actually oh, um, updated oh, my website, Jeff no. Shackelford. Oh my I put gosh. a couple of uh, restaurant suggestions on there. I've been getting, you know, once a week I get, hey, house, I'm coming to D.C., uh, tell me a place to eat. So I put, I broke it down into a handful of categories. Check out housefromdc.com if you want to know about eats in the DMV. I'll also be posting my capital allocation on the British Open, probably not till Wednesday, late Wednesday, because I need all of the, the, the next 48 hours to, uh, you know, work out my, my studies. Uh, but that, that, that will go up on there as well. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you very much, House. Uh, It's going to be a great week here at the Open Championship. Look forward to talking to you next week all about the Open. On another Shackoo! This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.